You're invited to I Am The Cute One, the most chaotic school dance in the podcast universe. Let's spike the punch, grind to Usher, and recap some of the cutest movies that made our millennial minds explode. Hello, I am Chelsea, and I am the cute one. And I am Donnie, and I am the cute one. And we are here today to cover In Time. She got what she wants, everybody. Now she'll shut up until May, at least. Well, I'm never going to shut up, but I am very (laughs) pleased. And I'm even more pleased because I think you liked this movie. I did. I did. I think, much like last week when Sloane said she couldn't write a book report if we asked her to, Uh I feel the same about this. But what I did take in, I enjoyed a lot. Okay, that's fair. I'll take it. All right. So this movie, let's just jump right in because I have thoughts. This movie came out on October 28th, 2011. It was a Friday in... 1886, so October 28th, 1886, the Statue of Liberty, a gift from the people of France, was dedicated in the New York Harbor by President Grover Cleveland. Wow. First of all, now I know why you didn't thank me when I said I put this part in the outline for you, because you shit all over it and didn't even use it. Chelsea's been having a little bit of a stressful week, so I thought I would help her out and do parts of the outline for her. And I told her, these parts of the outline are done no response to it. In fact, I think it got an LOL, and I didn't really understand it, so I ignored it. But now I see that we have facts about the Statue of Liberty that I certainly didn't put in. Well, it was a yes and. I didn't delete what you put in, but I thought that the cuties should know that the Statue (laughs) of Liberty, a gift from the people of France, let me say it again, was dedicated in New York Harbor by President Grover Cleveland. Now we all know a little something. (laughs) Bonjour. Je (laughs) m'appelle. Oh my gosh. Did you ever watch that Mossy or Muzzy show? No, but I remember the commercial. Pepe was really big into that series. And so we had the French and Spanish version. And you had to buy it, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, so cool. I was always too poor for that, but I wanted it. I felt cultureless without it. (laughs) But then in sixth grade, Mrs. Jaquette, the one who wore a sunflower in her hand Uh and taught us the old English blues rap each week was a different language and she would teach us the same little script she would say hey class and we would say hi mrs jacquette how are you she would say good and you and we would say great and then each week she would change the language we learned it in wow you covered a lot of ground in miss jacquette's class between learning how to color (laughs) learning the languages of the world she really was a one-stop shop she really was teacher of the year Wow. Bobo. That's how you say I'm great in Chinese. Bobo? (laughs) Yeah, in some language. Is it Chinese? I don't know. Does it mean I'm great? I don't know. But I do often say, Bobo. Hmm. (laughs) I never took Spanish. I always took French. But Uh I do know how to say a donkey is smarter than you in Spanish. El burro sabe más que tú. Love that. I know how to say pumpkin head in Spanish. Cabeza de calabaza. Because when I worked at Gap, a lot of my coworkers, they were Latina, and I used to ask them different phrases. Like, I was the Mrs. Jaquette of the Gap. I would come in each day and mm-hmm. say, teach me how to say fat whore. Teach me how to say pumpkin head. Teach me how to say you're a witch. And then they would. Fun. Yeah. Who says learning stops after <laughs> high school? We will move back into the 2011 portion of our show. So on October 28th, 2011, Uh Puss in Boots was number one at the box office. Beavis and Butthead returned to MTV 14 years after its original run for season eight. Grimm premiered on NBC 
And Someone Like You by Adele was number one on the Billboard charts. Wow. My parents were obsessed with Grimm. Was it like the Brothers Grimm? Yeah, it was like two brothers in modern day that had to like hunt down storybook monsters or some shit like that. I don't know. <laughs> oh, so it's like that one show on ABC, Once, Once Upon, Upon a, a Time. time. Uh, season one, I've never seen a show besides Pretty Little Liars that started so good and ended so, so off the rails. Yeah, I watched for a while and then I was kind of like, what are we doing here? Rumpelstiltskin, what's going on? Yeah, when Disney started feeling themselves and putting like their animated movies into it, and I know it was always their animated movies, but like at first it was fairy tales. We had Snow White, we had Cinderella, we had Little Red Riding Hood. Then by the end, like Anna and Elsa were running around with a Dalmatian from 101 Dalmatians. It was too much. (laughs) It's kind of like this podcast. It's like, where do we go from here? But we always find a way. We sure do. And let's (laughs) circle back now. Let's find a way back into In Time, which is Mm -hmm. the movie, once again, that we are here to cover today. Mm -hmm. But before we do that, (laughs) if today's episode makes you laugh or scream or want to Google Justin Timberlake, please do us a favor and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. A five-star review is the easiest way to help us grow our show and this community. So thank you in advance. And also thank you for everybody once again for just spreading the word of this podcast. Thank you. All right, Donnie, do you have any background info or trivia for us today? I do. I do. It was written, produced, and directed by Andrew Nichol, who also wrote The Truman Show and The Terminal. I love The Truman Show. That's another one that fucked me up. Well, we will cover that eventually. We'll have a fuck you up emotionally month, maybe, and we'll watch them all in one month. It'll be a tough month for you, but we'll get it out of the way at least. Rip the band-aid off, send me to the psych ward, give me the straight jacket, and then call it a day. The Terminal, I really liked. It's a Tom Hanks movie, but I did really like it. Um, who else is in it? Oh, maybe I never saw this movie. I, n- I never saw this movie. Were you thinking of the one with Anna Kendrick? And- yes! yes! Who else is in it, though? Tom Hanks, Not right? Tom Hanks. Um, George Clooney. Oh, yeah, that's the one I was thinking of. Yeah. And I love that movie. And I think Anna Kendrick was nominated for an Oscar for it. But Tom Hanks is in an airport movie as oh, well. Oh, okay. <laughs> The budget, it was $40 million to make and made $174 million worldwide. Justin Timberlake was nominated for the Best Dramatic Actor at the Teen Choice Awards, oh. but he lost to Zac Efron in The Lucky One. I thought you were about to say Zac Efron in High School Musical. <laughs> He's like, oh my God. Could you imagine? Well, that's the Teen Choice Awards for you. <laughs> They vote any which way the wind blows. God bless them. Roger Ebert did see this movie, and he gave it three stars out of four, and said, Justin Timberlake continues to demonstrate that he is a real actor with screen presence, but after the precise timing and intelligence he brought to the social network, it's a little disappointing to find him in a role that requires less. He has a future in movies. Wow, old Raj, a big JT fan. Apparently. He would have loved Trolls. Would have loved it. And Trolls, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. World tour. Mm -hmm. There were, like, about 12 taglines. I picked three. Okay. The first one is, the rich can live forever. The poor must earn for more time. Ooh, that's bleak. I'm killing it. Okay, we're killing it. The second one is, tomorrow is a luxury you can't afford. I'm going to fuck that one, because I think there would be a desperation and an urgency (laughs) that comes from that. I get it. This is not a terrible one to marry, so you actually may have won the game today. The third one is, time is money. Yeah, I'll take it. Sure. (laughs) Trivia 
was crazy. I really thought I was going to come prepared with no trivia today because it was just all about the models of cars in it and the birth years of every character. It was like, Susan was born in 2165. I was like, fuck Susan and fuck birthdays. (laughs) But I did come with a few little bits. Number one, Justin Timberlake and Matt Bomer are cousins in real life. The working title, before it was changed to In Time, was Immortal, but with a space in between so it was I'm mortal. I think in time was better. <laughs> Immortal with the space in between seems like a tattoo I would have gotten when I turned 18. <laughs> there was this guy that I used to fool around with. I almost said his name, but his screen name was Imperfection. But then it was really I'm Perfection. Blech. Maybe you should say his name so you can get help. Chad. <laughs> First and last. Jeez Louise. You can bleep the last name on the main feed, but he was the one that told me the one time after we had sex, he told me, we are so like the Olsen twins right now. And I didn't know what he meant. We didn't look alike by any means. I don't think the Olsen twins ever had gay sex. (laughs) Every time you tell me that story, it derails my thought process for the next two days because I really want to crack that code. Maybe this will give you an idea of where he was coming from. Close your eyes and imagine this. Okay. Two gays naked in bed. Then a high school musical got milk ad the size of my entire wall above the bed. Uh And then on the bedroom door, a quote wall of all Uh the funny things I said. That is the ambiance. So he was just looking around (laughs) at this totally normal bedroom and he thought, we're just like the old siblings right now. And the rest is her story. One last bit of trivia. Mm -hmm. Amanda Seyfried said the worst part about the movie was all the running she had to do in high heels. She said it to the director, like, during filming. And he said, well, you can either do it in heels, like, that's an option, or your character can take them off and carry them. But they filmed in, like, real streets. So there was, like, broken glass, concrete, pebbles, or whatever. So those are her options. You can run in heels or run barefoot through glass. Oh, to be a woman. Yeah, isn't it cute? I thought that you were going to say she said the worst part of filming was that wig on her head. We'll get to that. (laughs) Yeah, I sure will. (laughs) So what character in this movie do you identify as? I think I'm the little girl because she is a planner and she's already asking people for time. Whether she's going to bank it for herself or sell it for somebody else, we don't know. But we do know she's asking for something she doesn't need anytime soon also she is the one spoiler alert at the end of the movie that does get that thing and we do see that the townspeople are given the minutes great but we don't see how much time she keeps for herself so in my head she makes sure she is well off and then hands it out to everybody else and i think i would do that too like an airplane you take care of yourself first and then make sure everyone around you is okay and for that i say god bless you know what donnie i wondered what your takeaway from this movie would be. And I thought it might be similar to what you just said, but I can't wait to discuss the plot and overall message now that we've had that conversation. Like an airplane, you just need to make sure you're rich and then take care of other people. Here's what I would do if I was the one in charge. Now we're going to get real Animal Farm. What would you do if you were the animals, Donnie? Would you eat with the farmers? I never read Animal Farm. But what I would do in this movie, not Animal Farm, I would make sure 
that, yes, the wealth would be spread like Justin Timberlake risked his life to do. However, I would make sure I was a little significantly more well-off than everybody else. There were a million years. So 50 out of a million ain't anything. Take 50 off of a million, put it in my arm, and then give everybody else what's left. It's a slippery slope. Suddenly you're going to be typing in Darwin's birthday to get to that safe. (laughs) So I am Sylvia. She has the exact energy I came home from my first year of college with. (laughs) I think that in her heart of hearts, she believes in the cause. But also, what's the motivation here? Because I do think she wants to stick it to daddy. Yeah, I understand that. Two things can be true. You want to change the system and also you want to fuck your dad over true like my two things are i do think we should eat the rich but not when i become rich and but like that is the point eat the rich yes but then when the kardashians heads are on sticks what are we doing with that house in calabasas just leaving it no the people that are tearing them apart plan to move in and you can't tell me otherwise are you trying to propose trickle down economics now (laughs) you're like if i'm rich other people will get stuff if i move into the kardashians house surely somebody can move into my house (laughs) no 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 no. that's not what i'm saying but i'm saying like people that say eat the rich eat the rich eat the rich you don't mean just get rid of them that wealth is going somewhere when you say eat the rich to everybody. I don't think they mean give $2 to everybody, Chelsea. Oh, Donnie. You know what? I have planned my birthday. Forget a surprise party. I want you and Dr. Bald to sit across from each other and talk about capitalism while I drink and watch because it would really be a tete-a-tete because I live with a full Bernie bro in my house. Mm. Dr. Bald believes that if you make more than a million dollars a year, anything past that million should be taxed 100%. It just goes to the people. So I personally don't know if I will ever be living in the Kardashian Calabasas house. Well, because you'll be taxed 100% because the calls are coming from inside the house. But if you move in, maybe I can have a sleepover. Yeah, I'll allow it. So now it is time (laughs) for another one-minute synopsis from one or two of our most loyal cuties. Take it away, cuties. Hello, it's Broadway SpongeBob Ethan Slater. Do you want to say hi, Ariana? Yeah. In Time is a 2011 sci-fi movie about a world where everyone is 25 and Justin Timberlake steals time like he steals black culture. He kidnaps Amanda Seyfried, but soon she learns his Bonnie and Clyde lifestyle is for her and she leaves her rich father faster than Ari and I leave our spouses. Isn't that right? Yeah. Wow. 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 Thank you for that. Thank (laughs) you. All right. So our movie opens in the not so distant future where humans are genetically engineered to never age past the age of 25. The trouble is when someone turns 25, a digital clock appears on their forearm and the countdown begins. Unless they get more time, they only live for one more year. Time is currency. You can earn it, spend it, buy it, or trade it. But when your clock stops, you die. Where did you get 25 from? What? (laughs) Where? You just said in the not distant future or whatever, you can only turn 25. That was my question about this whole movie. Like, at what? You said 20. Where did you get 25 from? From the movie. But who said it? Donnie. I'm panicking right now. Donnie. 
the first 20 seconds of the movie is Justin Timberlake's voice, like, uh, hey, here's the lay of the land. We don't age past 25. Your clock starts. You need to earn money. The rich are rich. We're trying to live day by day. Oh, see, I saw something was happening on my screen. Uh-huh. I heard noises but none of that went into my brain i just saw that green background i think like numbers were being processed whatever Uh i did see what was happening on the screen but i don't like when people talk at me it's why i don't listen to podcasts it's why i don't listen to like me it is why sometimes i have a problem yes anding you because if someone talks too long it feels like i'm being talked at it's why i don't watch documentaries like i don't Uh like being talked at well (laughs) May I suggest closed captions? Oh, I do use closed captions. So this was a choice. You heard something, a.k.a. Justin Timberlake explaining (laughs) the plot of this movie. You saw something, a.k.a. the words explaining (laughs) the premise of this movie, and you decided... "Mm." No, I had to look it up on Wikipedia. (laughs) And you know what? I think Uh it is not my fault because this is bad writing. Didn't you ever hear the first rule of writing is show, don't tell? The fact that our movie has to begin with you telling us this because there's no way for you to show it? Well, they showed that the piano teacher was the killer last week, Donnie, and you didn't quite pick up on that one either. Well, now you know. Okay. Now you know the premise of the movie we're about to talk about for the next 40 minutes. Like what you're hearing? Head to patreon.com slash I am the cute one for more. There you can find uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes. That's patreon.com slash I am the cute one. See you there. So while the rich can live forever, our protagonist, Mr. Crimea River himself, Justin Timberlake, a.k.a. Will, wakes up each morning in his shitty apartment he shares with his mother, Olivia Wilde, wishing for more time. The price of coffee is going up, his paycheck is going down, and he has less than a day left on his clock. Uh-huh. Listen, this movie starts with him shirtless, and I did forget with a buzz cut how hot I find Justin Timberlake. For shiz, for However... Shiz. I don't think I ever noticed. He has freckles all over his back. And I was repulsed. Now, cuties, before you turn it off and say, I have freckles too, Donnie. Most of our listeners are women. So you're allowed to. Because freckles are a feminine trait. (laughs) And I think only women should have freckles. I hope somebody out there is keeping notes of Donnie's beauty standards. Let's make a list so far. Gotta have two eyes that match. Mm -hmm. If you're a woman, better dye that red hair. No. Women are not allowed to have short hair, but they are allowed to have red hair. Men are not allowed to have red hair or freckles (laughs) this is like one of those math questions sally likes pink teddy bears but not ones with green bows and then you have to match what kid wants what gift this is like that if donnie likes redheads (laughs) but only on women and freckles but not on boys is this person appropriately attractive for him to look at without talking shit and then it would be a picture i'm sure that no man with freckles listens to this podcast not anymore So one night, Will finds his alcoholic bestie, Leonard Hofstetter, shout out bang heads, bang bang, (laughs) finds him at the local bar where they meet a mysterious stranger from New Greenwich. His name is Henry Hamilton, and he appears to have a death wish because he's been flashing his arm, which has over a century on his little countdown, to everybody and buying drinks all night. (laughs) And sure enough, it isn't long before a local gang called Minutemen show up and Will decides against his better judgment to help Henry escape. 
and they do. We learn that Henry is 105 and he has had enough. He wants to die, <laughs> a luxury that Will cannot even comprehend. Henry lets Will in on a little secret. For a few to be immortal, many must die. The truth is there's more than enough and nobody has to die before their time, but the rich is hoarding time, which, oof. Glad this isn't a commentary on our society. <laughs> Will falls asleep. Henry transfers all of his time to him. And then he deliberately times out, just having that little body fall right off that bridge. R.I.P. Henry. Is this the... Br I've asked people on Twitter. No one's gotten back to me. That's a full-on lie. Sloane from Mummy Dearest did get back to me. This is the bridge from Greece. I thought so. I said I knew there was a 48-year-old bitch with a neckerchief in these waters before <laughs> pretending to be a high school student. The hottest dancer at St. Bernadette. With the worst reputation. I looked up the filming location of this movie to see the name of the bridge. It's called like the Sixth Street Aqueduct in LA or something. But then I couldn't find if anything else was filmed there. My research came to a standstill. Ugh. But Sloane did say she thinks it is the same. She said she'd swear on it. The energy of the place was the same. Oh, for sure. Cried a face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that impression came out of nowhere. I didn't even plan on that one. But as you know, I do have experience playing Kaneki in Greek. <gasps> no, I wouldn't do that to you. What? I have the DVD of me playing Kaneki in Greece. Maybe one day you'll be graced with it. Not the whole thing. Only my seeds. That's better. <laughs> Can I tell you that that would be one of the circles of hell? Uh -huh. If you were to send that DVD to me, I would peruse at my leisure. I would send you reaction shots. But I have watched Teaching Mrs. Tingle with you. And I will never forget the experience of my eyes are facing forward on the screen and yet I can feel a pair of eyes not watching the screen, but watching me watch the screen to make sure that I'm having the right reaction to what I'm But watching. it's not. It's not like that because I am watching you, but because I know your reactions will be fun ones. Like you're a second show for me. I get teaching Mrs. Tingle, but then I also get teaching Mrs. Tingle through your eyes. So then to see 19-year-old me as Kaneki in a very poor performance of Grease, I get to relive those moments, but then also see you die inside as you watch it. As long as you are okay with me dying inside. Oh, yeah. I don't expect you to say like, oh, wow, you really should have been an actor. But okay. That, that will not be your takeaway. Okay. Because if the expectation was me having to pretend to enjoy your performance of Kaneki, I would not have been capable. No. Well, first of all, the performance is great. You're making me nervous a little, Donnie. No. <laughs> no. Let me give you a test. It goes like this. Uh -huh. Hey, Charlene. Like that. It's good, right? People said I was so good. People said I was so good at playing straight that I looked like I wasn't having fun. How did we get here? <laughs> the bridge. Oh, right. Okay. Henry jumped off the bridge. Donnie played Kaneki. We're all caught up now. <laughs> So Will wakes up a very, very rich man. And while our movie's cops, called Timekeepers, immediately begin to investigate him, Will starts spreading the wealth, our very own Robin Hood. He gives 10 years to Leonard Hofstetter, one for each year of their friendship, before setting off to meet his mother to take her to the land of rich people, where a century <coughs> won't look out of place. Unfortunately, Olivia Wilde will never get a chance to see how the rich live or move into Kim Kardashian's Calabasas home because she times out and dies. 
before making it to Will. That was stressful. So stressful. And I bet she wishes she didn't give her son those extra 30 minutes for a nice long lunch. I know. She was literally seconds away. I really did like this movie. And for the most part, I didn't mind his performance when he was like an action star. However, this part when he cried over his dead mother's body, it was terrible. Last week we said Lindsay Lohan was the best part of a terrible movie. I think Justin is the worst part of a good movie here. <laughs> Roger Ebert disagrees. <laughs> well, Roger Ebert's dead. <laughs> Just like Will's mother, who timed out now, bitch. <laughs> Cuties, you know I cannot see a movie without pretending I'm in it, and now it's your turn. Have you ever tried to use the force when no one's looking, or thought about what superheroes would win in a fight? Then you'll want to stop what you're doing, (laughs) unless you're driving, and visit Sideshow.com. Your eyes do not deceive you. They have a life-size, impeccably detailed replica of the child from Star Wars The Mandalorian. Now, I don't mean to brag, but Sideshow did send me the child. I call him Baby Yoda. I have since learned that is not his name, but he is my son now, so I will be continuing to call him as such. And we have been playing dress up, having photo shoots, and just having a grand old time. But if that one doesn't speak to you, how about a movie-accurate statue of Christopher Reeve as Superman? They got that too. But just wait until you see the incredibly lifelike figures of Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. We are thrilled to have Sideshow sponsoring our podcast today. They offer a wide selection of premium figures, statues, and fine art from the worlds of Star Wars, DC, Marvel, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and so much more. These limited edition, handcrafted, officially licensed collectibles bring pop culture's biggest icons to life in your home. And here is the best part. You can get an exclusive $50 off your first order of two hundred dollars or more it's a great opportunity for new customers to dive into the world of high quality collectibles or you can gift it to that super geek in your life perhaps that person in your life that you know would cringe when they hear that i've been letting my daughter sleep with my baby yoda and again that i refuse to stop calling it baby yoda plus shopping at sideshow earns you five percent back in sideshow rewards meaning for every one hundred dollars spent you get five dollars back in rewards that can be used on future purchases while geeking out is its own reward your collection goes farther with sideshow so what are you waiting for visit sideshow.com promo code cute one right now and get ready to let your geek side show oh that's clever sideshow like sideshow.com I get it. So despite his mother's death, Will decides to move forward with his pilgrimage to New Greenwich. If this was Pan Am, Will is our Katniss. His district is zone 12, and he's headed to the capital. (laughs) It takes a payment of one month to get out of his time zone, two months to get through the next, and so on and so forth. With each easy pass payment, he spends more and more of his time, finally depositing an entire year to get into the big city. Mm. And it is clear he is out of his element. He still has (laughs) all the signs of someone who grew up without time. He checks his arm, watches his clock, and instead of walking, he runs. And... And this is the thing. He really just doesn't give a fuck. Because let's not forget his response when the driver taking him is like, oh, what are you doing here in New Greenwich? Will says, 
I'm going to take them. Oh, wait, let me do my Justin Timberlake impression. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> fushes, fushes. Okay, I'm in character now. <laughs> I'm going to take them for everything they've got. I'm going to make them pay. Crazy. So sketchy. Yeah. Wouldn't you want to lay low a little bit? Like, we don't need to be telling our limo driver our big scheme here. And I want to know what district the limo driver lives in because... Yes, he's not top of the line here, but he is top of the line adjacent. I'm sure there is someone in his life that he feels closer to than a stranger in the street. I would rat him out is what I'm saying if I was the limo driver. So you're a class traitor. (laughs) Not only are you already scoping out the lease of that Calabasas rental, but you're about to just sell secrets for more time. I really am a terrible human being. However, I just was not blessed with money, so I'm forced to be a good human. But if this time was deposited on my arm, I don't know that I would be good. (laughs) So this goes back to the question that was asked during last week's Instagram Live (laughs) when somebody said, could the two of us describe what the other person would be like if we immediately got famous overnight? And I think this stands by my answer, which was Donnie is going to be a total monster for about two months and then he'll thrive. But I also didn't take into consideration that with fame sometimes does come fortune. And I don't know what's going to happen when you have fortune. Fame is different than fortune. And I think I could be a good person if I was famous. I don't know if I could be a good person if I was rich. (laughs) And we're just going to be honest with ourselves. Honesty is the best policy. And this does let me know that when our joint account reaches a certain number, maybe I'll just start taxing me 100%. But yeah, no, I'm going to just start barreling down the hatches. Is that a phrase? Yeah. I'm just going to start getting myself ready. A nice barricade, a nice moat. And I want everyone to know I would not be one of those people that gets rich and becomes Republican. I would just make sure I had more of it than everybody else. Well, through fraud. <laughs> So you would vote for all the laws that in theory would tax you or provide after school care or take your tax money and give it to people via benefits. But fraud is nature's loophole. Because I didn't say who I'm frauding. I'm going to be a Robin Hood of my own. You're going to steal? Steal from the rich. Yourself? No, there's other rich people. I'm going to go to Kardashian homes and steal a necklace. You're going to do the bling ring. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yes. I have no problem with that crime. (laughs) Okay. But to clarify, you're stealing from the other rich and giving to... A little to myself and then the rest to others. Because here's the thing. It's just like when I go Christmas shopping and say, like, one for my mom, one for me. Like, if I steal all these things and give 20% to myself and then 80% spread around to poor people, (laughs) after I steal five... Five twenty percent is still a hundred percent. I have a Kim Kardashian necklace of my own, uh-huh. but I gave eighty times five to the poor. Well, I <laughs> love your creative math. spirit. This is boy math at its finest. <laughs> so just to clarify, you're rich. You're a rich person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're mm-hmm. fine with your money being taxed yes. and taken away and mm-hmm. given to people. Yes. But you're gonna take that deficit Uh and you're gonna fill in that money that you've lost by being a good person with the money you've stolen from other rich people yes and once i fill that amount Uh then i'll give the leftover to wow i think you need to pitch this to congress (laughs) this is a cheerocracy and it's donnie's Uh. world (laughs) okay
So Will heads to the casino where he finds himself at the high rollers table. There's no limit in this poker game, just excessive talk about evolution and the survival of the fittest. Speaking of Uh survival of the fittest, I do want to tack on. I do think rich people only, rich people only, Uh if they had to vote one a year to kill off and then spread their money around, (laughs) I don't think that would be a terrible idea either. And I'm saying that as someone who does think I will be a rich person later in life because I know I have the personality to not be one of the ones that will be voted out. (laughs) That's all. (laughs) I knew that this movie was going to spark conversation. I knew that this would bring about an exploration of wealth and want and need and society and all of those things. I didn't know when I pitched this movie it would lead us to you proposing a rich person Hunger Games, but also not even a Hunger Games because that was a lottery system. You're proposing... A rich person, <laughs> big brother to the death? Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, it would be so fun. <laughs> and I do think it should be televised. Now, that's how we can get the poor to give up some of their money. We Wait, can televise it. What? That's how we can get the poor to give up some of their money? Here's why. I don't think the rich will agree if we say, we're going to kill one of you every year. So, to get some more money from the poor people, what? it will be a paper. <laughs> Wait, listen. Gonna... No, listen. It will be a pay-per-view event. So then middle-class people can pay to see it if they want to. And that's how the rich people can get more money from them. But we are still going to kill one rich person a year to give their money back to the poor. (laughs) Donnie, you're going to end this episode being the little Monopoly man with a monocle. (laughs) That idea has somehow transformed from... The rich person's hunger game to this is how we can scam <laughs> poor people to create a pay-per-view event to benefit the rich people who aren't being murdered. <laughs> okay, question though. That sounds terrible, but would or would you not pay to see that? I'm not going to say names, but think of the vilest rich people you can think of if they had to compete any billionaire yeah so think of them playing in this game with the possibility that they could be the one voted out and it's not the hunger games we're not watching a slaughter fest here it is big brother okay i'd pay to watch it. i'm a pacifist <laughs> last week's movie was too much for me i don't want uh-huh. to watch a billionaire being tortured no we don't see that i would like policy change that would maybe just tax the rich people more and give it to the poor people might be another solution. Okay. But maybe it can be an and both situation. I don't want to yuck all your yums, although what you have said is just unhinged, <laughs> disturbing, and wrong. But what if we gave the rich people a two-prong <laughs> solution? The first step is you have the opportunity to get taxed 100% after that $1 million you made this year. <gasps> And if they opt out of that, that puts them in the running for the Hunger Game. And if I'm going to buy into this, which Uh I guess I am now, so let me (laughs) contribute my thoughts to this agenda. I think we take away the pay-per-view part of it. I think we make it free for the poor people. Okay, fine. (laughs) We'll discuss more details at the next board meeting. Or probably in 10 minutes when you say something else. I'm sure. You could be the Caesar Flickman. No, I want to be rich and have to play because I know I will win. I will get people to turn against, I don't know who, Amanda Pete. <laughs> I'm going to win. Maybe instead of killing the billionaire, 
at the end, they have to give up all their money and just live in society and have to pull themselves up from the bootstraps with no support. And they have to pay to watch. The <laughs> ultimate consequence is they do have to use pay-per-view. <laughs> okay. Love that. So okay. in this Darwinian capitalist society of the movie, <laughs> Philippe Weiss fancies himself a top dog. Philippe is rich as fuck. He's the owner of all the time lender businesses in Will's hometown. He's been 25 for 85 years, and his daughter is Amanda Seafried in an Anna Wintour wig. <laughs> the wig is terrible. It's a bob <laughs> and it's red. First of all, I can't get behind it. Then she, I've never noticed it until she had dark hair, because normally you do see her blonde. She looks like Olivia Wilde. So the fact that his love interest looks like his mom was a little jarring. Olivia Wilde, for me, anytime I see her, I just think of her character on The O.C., where she played this bartender and one of Marissa's, like, love interests. They had, like, a uh-huh. little lesbian fling. And me, as a 16-year-old who was a totally straight girl that <laughs> wasn't bisexual at all, was just so weirdly obsessed with that relationship. Certainly not foreshadowing anything or connecting any dots for... Things I should have figured out way sooner than 30. Funny you should say that because I had a Britney Spears poster on my wall from a magazine. And then on the other side was NSYNC wet under a waterfall. Mm -hmm. And I would always flip it around when no one was there. Not even to like, you know, touch myself. (laughs) Just to look at and say like, I wish I looked like them. No, you don't. You wish you licked their stomachs. (laughs) But not the freckly ones. Ew, no, freckles. not Justin Timberlake. So at this poker game, when Will goes all in, letting his clock go to almost zero before cashing out his winnings, he earns Philippe's attention, an invitation to a party he's hosting the next day, and a weird blessing to fuck his daughter. So the next night at the party, Sylvia tells Will that she envies people from the ghetto, and then she shares her desire to do something foolish or courageous or worth a damn. She has all the time money can buy, but she worries that she hasn't lived a day in her life. And it isn't long before she dismisses her bodyguard and takes a late night dip in the ocean with Will. Sparks fly. (laughs) Sylvia's night of adventure and poor person role play comes to an abrupt end when timekeepers barge into the party and arrest Will. The timekeepers are investigating Henry Hamilton's missing time. And although Will assures them that he is not a thief and that time was a gift, they don't listen. The timekeeper doesn't concern himself with justice, only what he can measure. Seconds, minutes, hours. So he takes Will's time, leaving him with only two hours for booking and processing. First of all, that's fucking rude. (laughs) I was mad at this part. But fine, I understand that's how the rich stay richer. But my real question in all of this is, Mm -hmm. does Cillian Murphy have an eye condition? Uh, What do you mean? (laughs) I don't know if it's thyroids or what, but he always looks like he's going to cry. In any movie he is in, he always like has glassy eyes ready to cry. Is that a condition? I think it's an acting choice, like (laughs) Kristen Stewart biting her lip. I don't think so. I don't think he has control of it. Because there's not one scene where he doesn't look like he's going to cry. Well, he's a timekeeper. I would cry. (laughs) I would cry if my job was looking at minutes, seconds, and hours. Chelsea, this is not about this movie. I'm talking Red Eye. I'm talking Oppenheimer even. Always looks like he's going to cry. Well, maybe he just has dry eyes and he's just (laughs) plopping those Visine drops in every day. Maybe. I'm going to look it up. What's wrong with you if you look like you're going to cry? Because it ain't right. It's just going to be a link to (laughs) BetterHelp.com. 
was the answer. I think that Killian Murphy looks like my brother, and my brother also has very glassy eyes. Oh. But do you know who my brother really looks like? And cuties, if you're feeling like you're missing out on this conversation, our Home for the Holidays episode, our Day After Tomorrow episode, I will pimp my brother out. There is a <laughs> price point to see his face. Go over to the Patreon for the video footage there. But my brother looks like a very young William Defoe. And I don't know what that says about the trajectory of his <laughs> aging process, but it's shocking. Huh. Yeah, I'll send you some side-by-sides later. Please. So Please. luckily, because rich people are so worried about dying from a freak accident, they've never lived, meaning they've never fought, they've never driven a car, they've never done anything that could be risky or put them in harm's way, which sets Will up to escape Pretty easily because it's like playing a video game on easy oh, mode. This is new information to Didn't me. Didn't you notice like he talks about how he like jumps out a window. He's like that rich person's not going to do that because they have all the time in the world as long as they don't time themselves out by doing something stupid. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Uh-huh. <laughs> the second time I watch this, I'll really enjoy it. Yeah. But I'm glad you enjoyed it that first time too. I did enjoy it. I just. I'm used to living in a world where there's a lot of things I don't understand. Huh. So I just take in what I do understand and don't care to worry about the rest, which my husband and I fight about often because he, he's not that kind of person. So when he wants to talk about the things I don't understand and I have no interest, I just blink a lot. Well, maybe that's what Killian Murphy has with his eyes. <laughs> maybe he's just really bored. Maybe. I had no idea it was Killian. You're trusting me. Cillian, Killian. It's definitely Killian. No one's name is Cillian. <laughs> I want that to be my drag name, though. Little Cillian. Cillian. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage, Cillian Murphy. And then I come out and do an Oppenheimer routine. You drop a bomb on me, baby. <laughs> like that. <laughs> Will channels his inner Grand Theft Auto, kidnapping Sylvia, leading a high-speed chase from the timekeepers, and ultimately crashing the car back in his old neighborhood. And when the Minutemen notice Sylvia has over a decade on her arm, they steal her time, leaving her with only an hour. It looks like Sylvia's fished her wish. She did do something foolish. And now she's a dumb bitch being held for ransom in Will's old apartment. Will asks for a thousand years in exchange for her return. But Sylvia's dad did not become rich by giving away a thousand years, and he refuses the offer. What a piece of shit. So maybe it's Stockholm Syndrome, maybe it's daddy issues, maybe her wig is just too tight and squeezing her brain, but <laughs> Sylvia begins to see the light. And just as Will is going to let her go, she makes out with him, encourages him to fight the system, and shoots the timekeeper who has been after <laughs> them. And our modern day Bonnie and Clyde are officially on the run. As their mugshots flash on every TV, Will teaches Sylvia about gun safety, and then they start taking time and earrings from rich people. <laughs> and things escalate quickly when they move from petty theft and strip poker to straight up robbing Sylvia's father's bank in order to redistribute <laughs> all of the time to the masses. It's a revolution. It sure is. I need to touch back a little bit about what you said. Okay. First of all, when he's giving her gun lessons, yeah. she already shot the time master and she shot the limo driver's tire or whatever. Like she knows how to use the gun. She doesn't need a lesson. So him mansplaining it really bothered me. Yeah, that's fair. Thank you. And number two, when Yaya from America's Next Top Model was doing the laundry, and then she turned around and she sees she's gifted all this time yeah. because she was Leonard from Bing Bag Theory's girlfriend or mm -hmm. wife or whatever. 
even if it was a million years for me to use in there, I would be dead on the spot because the fact that <laughs> the fact that someone was close enough to me behind my back to drop this time into my laundry basket when I turned around, I would be scared shitless. Yeah, I guess that's true. Well, luckily you do. I don't think that would ever happen to you because you have your fail safe systems of blocking your door when you're home alone and uh -huh. other well as things. you know my apartment is falling apart <laughs> so now my bedroom door won't close like okay. at all the lock won't like catch so now i put three bags of laundry in front of it so what happens when <laughs> i do laundry and i don't have that i don't know we're worried about it then but right now i do have three laundry bags full and I put them in front of it because I feel like they're light enough if there is a fire or like a reason yeah. I need to escape. They're just a laundry bag. I can throw it. But I feel like it's enough of a if someone tries to come in the door. Yeah, they'll hit that first laundry bag to alert you. They hit the yeah. second one to give you time to prepare. And that third <laughs> one is when you're ready to fight. Exactly. Your own life alert. Okay. <laughs> But despite the robberies and the redistribution, Will is discouraged. They just keep raising the cost of living, so the time that Will and Sylvia have been taking makes no difference. They would need a million years to make a dent. Luckily, Sylvia knows just where to find it. And so, they go and surrender. Or do they? Because when Sylvia distracts her dear old daddy, Will infiltrates the team of guards and they attack him from the inside. After all, is it stealing if it's already stolen? So they beep, bloop, bleep, bloop, enter Darwin's birthday to open his safe, which is a little on the nose, if you ask is me. Is it Darwin's birthday? Uh-huh. Oh, I thought it was Abraham Lincoln's birthday. <laughs> um, was that just based on the numbers? Yeah. That you were like, that must be old <laughs> yeah. Abe's. Wait, I know for a fact. That is Abraham Lincoln's birthday. It could be. They could share a birthday uh, okay. because they specifically, okay. well, you know, it was words and how dare they tell you when they could show you, which again, <laughs> they did show you and tell you, but they say, what's the code for the safe? And she says, try Darwin's birthday. It's certainly not mine. And bloop, 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 survival. Oh, I heard it's not mine. I heard the petty part. I didn't hear the Darwin part. But yes, I did pay attention to the numbers he pressed. And February 12th, 1809 is Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> birthday how do you know that <laughs> so <laughs> wait can you look and see if it's darwin's birthday too? it is it is both. wow yeah. that is crazy for those two men to be born on the same day uh -huh. and even crazier than that that you knew it sometimes i remember things especially i know a lot about abraham lincoln uh -huh. there's a lot of similarities between jfk and abraham lincoln like birthdays death days one was in monroe maryland before he was killed one was in maryland monroe before he was killed <laughs> so a lot a lot of similarities there. So I do know my Abraham Lincoln trivia, if nothing else. I might not know how old these fuckers are in this movie, yeah. but I do know Abraham Lincoln's birthday was the code. I want to issue a public apology for acting like that was an insane thing for you to say. Let me be clear. It was an insane thing for you to say, but these are my favorite. When we strike gold like this and we find a very, very, very niche <laughs> <laughs> subsect of something you learned at some point that you know all the facts and figures for, I'm delighted, entranced. I can't wait to learn more about Abe Lincoln in these next episodes to come. Yeah, I think I'm too stupid to be on the spectrum, but I think when things like this pop out of me, I say, well, well... <laughs> 
Maybe you're born with it. Maybe it's undiagnosed ADHD because I think what you're describing is an area of hyperfocus. <laughs> Do you know more about Abe Lincoln? Yeah, I'll share at a later date. I mean, I'm not going to ask more now. I just I think you should start an Abraham Lincoln podcast. That's how you're going to make your millions to start this Hunger Games. That's going to be the start oh, of it all. Oh, wow. Maybe it could be. So they bleep, bloop, bleep, enter Darwin and Abraham Lincoln's mm-hmm. birthday to open up the safe and inside... A million years. Philippe says that stealing this time might upset the balance for a generation or two, but in the end, nothing will change because everyone wants to live forever. After all, for a few to be immortal, many must die. And Will argues that no one should be immortal if even one must die. Beautiful. Beautiful. Unless, (laughs) unless it's someone that's meant to be immortal, then you can... Kill him off in a Hunger Games. Would you want to be immortal? I'd be over it. Yeah, and I think it would depend. I would want to be able to pull the plug when I'd want to. But if it's yes. a death becomes her situation, like if my body <gasps> is falling apart and I'm still living, no. And like this is a very real possibility. What if the Earth explodes? Am I just going to be mm. a body floating through space until the end of time? This is the only time I've seen a situation and wanted to be immortal. Because you can transfer your time to someone else whenever you're over it and die. And you're ageless. There is a difference between immortal and ageless. And I need to make sure in the contract I'm ageless. I don't want to be 365 years old and mm. look it. But you don't want to be like a vampire and being required to drink blood and date Bella Swan. Certainly not. No. A vampire would be a close second because they're ageless, but they're mostly evil. Mm -hmm. And the sun situation. You love a beach day. It would only be beach nights. Oh, yeah. I couldn't do that. Too much sacrifice, really. (laughs) And so after giving the million years to the people, Will and Sylvia are finally caught by the timekeeper, probably because she's still running in those fucking heels. And we learned that the timekeeper was from Will's hometown, but he figured out how to escape. And now he keeps time, preventing anyone else from doing the same. Unfortunately, he was so focused on keeping time for the system that he forgot to keep an eye on his own clock. Our movie ends with the fallout from the massive wealth distribution. People have taken to the streets. Factories are shutting down. Citizens are crossing zones. And the system is headed for collapse. And our team is still at it. As the reward for their capture grows, now up to 100 years, Will and Sylvia continue their Robin Hood adventures. After all... There are bigger banks. There are, but why do they go straight to the bank with only a day in them? Why wouldn't they go back to that little girl that I am and say, hey, can you give me a year, please? Because you only need to take what you need, Donnie. If everybody just takes what they need, there's plenty for everyone. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So final thoughts. If we were to bring this movie to present day, who would you cast or what would a sequel be? <laughs> so uh, here we go. I want to just follow up with them because much like the father, I do think this business model is not going to last forever. And <laughs> there may not be poor people who work like all the poor people are, you know, rich now whatever everyone has what they need but then who's gonna clean your toilets donald trump remember (laughs) 
Remember when Kelly Osbourne said that on The View? No, I don't watch The View. You never saw that? That is a pop culture blind spot. She thought she did something, Chelsea. They were talking about building a wall (gasps) and like immigration. And she really thought she was coming for Donald Trump. She said, if you get rid of people not from America, who's going to clean your toilets, Donald Trump? And all the women on the panel said, oh, no, that's not. (laughs) Yeah. Kelly Osbourne, you've never seen her again. Wow. But I do want to see what the world looks like now that they ate the rich and everybody is equal. Okay. Because I do think there are some, you know, uh, things that look better on paper. I think that you need to read Animal Farm. (laughs) I think that you missing that seventh grade experience is shocking. (laughs) I think it's important for you to read that book, Donnie. But I would agree. I would like to see a sequel. I would also like to see... A prequel. I mm. love movies like this because of the world building. I find it so fascinating. I want to dive deeper into like what is society like? What are norms and standards like? Tell me more about this world where nobody ages. It's kind of like I love the Hunger Games prequel that took place in the capital. You do? I love the book and I loved the movie. I'm standing by it. I love. There was it. so much singing. I felt like you watching that movie. Like, <laughs> stop fucking singing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Yeah, but also Lucy Gray is somebody that I would probably have seen in concert Mm. when I was in my 20s. You know what I mean? You would, yeah. Like she would be playing some little side stage at South by Southwest (laughs) and I'd be like, have you heard of Lucy Gray? Oh, I knew her before she blew up. No, I loved it. But so like that prequel, I would want it to take place in New Greenwich. I would want to see kind of how the people in that area lived. Like, I would want to know, okay, you're about to turn 25. You have access to all these resources. Are you doing beauty regimens and crazy diets before you turn 25 so that you're, like, the hottest version of yourself? Like, what's the culture? I would want, like, a succession-style miniseries <sighs> as a prequel of the Weiss family and their wealth, or maybe, like, The Purge and show us the first few years after people stopped aging and, like, Tell me what Mm. that story was about. I'm into that. Both of them. And then finally, what aged well about this movie and what aged like Blockbuster? I think the message aged well. I think we need to eat the rich and not take time for granted. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. That's still a message in 2011 Mm -hmm. or 2024, both. And then Blockbuster. I think when movies try to be edgy with fashion and like looks in the future it never ages well for Mm -hmm. instance i am talking about the fedora that that one timekeeper wears sure that is very clearly he came from the club the night before and went right on set with the same ryan from high school musical hat like it looked out of place i love the idea though of a costume director on set being like no, no, but the fedora is not going anywhere. Even in a hundred years, people will be wearing these. <laughs> I agree because also everything about Amanda Seafried is it Seafried? I, I don't care enough to know. Okay. If someone tried to teach me, I would blink at them. You get that old <laughs> silly eye, like Cillian Murphy. Her whole look was just annoying to me. <laughs> Even the last scene of them going up to rob the bank, she has six-inch stilettos. She's got her little bob. She's wearing a pencil skirt. It's like, okay, I get it, but yeah. surely there's athleisure wear in the future. And if there's not, I hope I'm not there to see it. Yeah. I think, and maybe I have a blind spot, I think Hunger Games did their fashion 
perfectly because I think they were inspired by older stuff and didn't just like try to futurize what Mm -hmm. was in at the time, which is what I think this movie did. Yeah. And The Hunger Games does a great job of like with wealth and privilege comes time and access and so there is more time and access to frivolous clothing and accessories and all of that but if you're in one of the districts you're probably just wearing what you're gonna wear to work in the mill or whatever to this day i want pita's entire outfit on that winner's tour (laughs) and katniss with that (laughs) that scarf top oh please i need 12 (laughs) overall this movie oh yeah it ages well (laughs) in terms of like it's a cheesy sci-fi movie that probably overextends itself and tries to do too much but i enjoy the hell out of it and i certainly enjoyed hearing your thoughts on it so thank you (laughs) for sharing them with us today of course next week we will be covering showgirls which i have never seen i'm very excited so first of all you're in for a treat second of all if you thought my views of fortune were interesting to hear in this week's episode next week my views of fame will surely be brought to the table (laughs) great well cuties everybody gird your loins Oh, I Hurricane wait. Donnie's coming to town. <laughs> Talk to you later. Love, Love you like a sister. sister. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to I Am The Cute One, a nostalgia podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to give us a five-star rating and subscribe to our show. You can follow me at Real Donnywood on Instagram and TikTok. And if you want more of my personal brand of chaos, check me out at Ono Chels on Instagram. And for uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes of I Am The Cute One, head to patreon.com slash IamTheCuteOne. And go to IamTheCuteOne.com for the most chaotic merch on the planet. Talk Talk to to you later. later. Love you like a sister. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.